2: Hey, it's Doug Gottlieb, you know, our trusted partner, Tirec.com, for fast, free shipping, free roadhouse protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Yokohama Avid Ascend LX. But did you know they sell other automotive products, wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few? Everything you need to elevate your drive, simply go to tirerack.com slash sports. Tirec.com, that's the way tire buying should be.
3: All
1: right. All right. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show. Here's In the Bonus with Doug Gottlieb. Woo!
2: What up? Doug Gottlieb Show in the Bonus, Fox Sports Radio, iHeartRadio app. Welcome in. Thanks so much for downloading. Make it as part of your day. So, Jay Stewart happened again last night. The Chargers lost again. And this one, I think on paper, doesn't look as bad because the Ravens are a good team and, you know, you're competitive with a good team. But when we watch it, you're like, oh, boy, oh, boy, you know, um, another bad fumble. Um, You know, you have 12 men on the field, your first play defensively. There's so many little quirky errors, and when you're playing the team that is as well-coached and a franchise as well-run as the Ravens, it gets exposed. And, oh, yeah, by the way, the Ravens were just okay, but they found a way to win a game, which is the opposite of the Chargers, who find ways to lose games. It's it's without any question, this is the most frustrating fan experience of my life, Jason Stewart. How do I cope?
4: <laughs> does, it, does it make you question your fanhood? Are you ever going to be Absolutely. that guy that does that? Yeah.
2: No, no. I mean, question it, yes. I, I'm not going to, like, give up my fanhood because of it. But question it, yeah, why wouldn't it?
4: My son is a diehard fan. He has been his entire life. So he actually asked me, he's like, why do we continue to support this team? He said that during the game last
2: night. I, I say it every time. <laughs> I say it every time he goes bad, and, and it feels like it's, it's not getting any better. Like, why am I doing this to myself? Because honestly, I I think I've told you this. This is my thing with horror movies. Why I don't like horror movies. It's like there's enough scary things in life that I don't need to be I don't need to be artificially scared by a movie. Okay, life is hard enough as it is. I don't need my football team to constantly break my heart, constantly make me feel like I'm an idiot for supporting them. I think that's the that's the big thing.
4: It's not it's not even a lovable loser type situation. Like the the team just. It, it's just not easy to to pull for there, and what I am am quick to point out is the lack of hope. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna have to trim this payroll for next season. Like things things probably get worse before they get better, right?
2: Well, why do they have to? Um...
4: Well, I mean, they have the most expensive defense in the league now. That and then they're gonna start paying Herbert next year, right?
2: Yeah. Um, I mean, they're going to have to draft well, you know, but they have a lot of the, they have the, the guys they want to keep. They have in place for several years like they've th- that seems to be. I mean, obviously, they the Quentin Johnson traffic is going to hurt them because I think the plan was Mike Williams deal was essentially a two years deal. They can move on from Mike Williams at the end of this year and have Quentin Johnson, but he does not appear to be good enough. So that's going to that's going to hurt them. Um, But wide receivers are guys that are, it's a high miss rate in in the NFL draft. High. So that's not as big a killer because your line is still pretty good. I mean, remember, you lost your center for the year. That's a hard one. Um, And you're playing without Joey Bosa, but you have Bosa under contract. But he appears to be a shell of himself, right? He's been beaten up a bunch. My thing is they just, you know, it's so hard when you just feel like something bad's always going to happen. There's no level of faith that something good's going to happen, and that's hard to watch.
4: You bring hard up to watch. You bring up Bosa. Did, what did you think of that video last night of him uh, raisin bread <laughs> eating cereal? I'm. I've told you this before. I'm always. I'm that's always. That's the most
2: Joey Bosa thing ever. By the way.
4: Yeah, I'm always amazed at how rich people choose to dress, and then what rich people choose to eat, like. Is that Raisin Bran provided by the sweet? Does did he bring his own milk? I mean, I have so many questions about that cereal eating at night. What
2: what's what's the question about cereal eating night? Who doesn't like cereal?
4: I don't know, man. I, it's something about a guy making twenty five million bucks a year or whatever it is eating a, a like a disposable box of Raisin Bran cereal. I I don't. You been in those suites? I guess is that a part of the the spread up there? Cereal at night?
2: Well, it depends on. So those suites, I believe, you when you buy a suite, you have to pay for your own food. You can have it catered in. You can order their stuff. You can. There's a bunch of different ways in which you can do it. But I don't know. Like, who doesn't like a good bowl of cereal at <laughs> oh, night no. when you're watching a ball game?
4: Yeah, that's. It struck me as a bit odd. So he you got. Don't
2: one? apparently you do not. Lorena, do you like a bowl of cereal late at night?
0: Oh my gosh, it's one of my guiltiest pleasures.
2: What what kind of cereal?
0: Um,
3: it depends. It it can it can range anywhere from like fruity pebbles to Cheerios to Captain Crunchberries, like yeah, but they're usually on the sweeter side.
2: Yeah,
4: you're
3: confusing.
2: Yeah, okay, so you like late at night?
4: Huh? I love cereal. I love Sugary cereal. I, and you're, you're confusing, you're conflating the whole thing. It was just odd to see a guy who has 25 million bucks a year eating cereal in a sweet What if it was what if expensive? What is he supposed to be caviar? You just assume that they eat What is he supposed
2: to be eating caviar? caviar? That it, what, eat. be caviar is that does that please you if it was like, oh, well, he's eating caviar, but Joey Bosa makes a lot of money so he can eat caviar?
4: Yeah, yeah. There's something, there's a socioeconomic angle for me. Should he, should he
2: had somebody feeding him grapes? Is that what you want? You want him like in a, like a, some sort of <laughs> he Roman have robe?
4: A, a filet and, mignon. And a and
2: goddess feeding him grapes?
4: Pretty much. Yeah, that's what you assume all rich people do. It's just happening. I, don't know. I thought
2: him, he was yeah. watching, watching a football game, eating a bowl of cereal. The only thing missing was a big old bowl and the big old spoon. Right? Which my question to you, Lorraine, is do you go regular spoon or do you go big old soup spoon?
0: No, I like a small spoon.
2: Yeah, it's a guy thing. Guys do a big bowl, big spoon, lots of, lots of, lots of milk. Uh, Raisin bran is good. It does, uh, it does some things to me in, my, in in the abdominal region that aren't always great. So I sometimes avoid it. Maybe that's from when I was a kid, when I wasn't yet adjusted to it, but yeah. Uh, I love a little, a little brinner. Anytime you can have breakfast for dinner, I'm all for it. And cereal, especially with some really, really cold. Now I'm on the oat milk. Put some cold, creamy oat milk. Mmm, that's just delicious.
1: Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Fox
5: Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
4: This is it. We've got an Amex
5: Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge.
2: Let's get to what the Fox says. And now... <laughs> <laughs> what does the Fox say? Here's Dan Patrick and former Patriot Devin McCourty talking about Bill Belichick.
5: If Bill Belichick called and said, Devin, you think I should continue to coach, what would you say?
6: I would say yes. Um, but in I, New England? We, we would have a long conversation if it, about if it's in New England. Um, I think... You know, I remember, you know, talking to Coach Shiano back at Rutgers, Greg Shiano, about when you're in one place for a long time, sometimes it's time for a change. I think we saw that with Brady a few years ago, goes down to Tampa, wins a Super Bowl, I think, in New England. Like, it, it could possibly be that time for Bill. So, that first question I would answer in five seconds, but the rest of our conversation will probably go on for about three hours uh, of trying to decide and talk about the pros and cons of being and staying in New England.
5: What if Robert Kraft called you and said, Devin, what do you think I should do at the coaching position?
6: It'd be the same thing. It'd be a long conversation because you don't just move on from Bill Belichick. I think we live in a world now that we go strictly off the results on the field right now. But my whole thing is if you fire Bill Belichick, who comes in next that you say, I guarantee this guy gives me a better chance or woman gives me a better chance next season to be better than Bill Belichick would. Um, I think that's the hard thing. I think the ball is really in Bill's court of where he wants to be and what he wants to do. Um, I think if, if I'm running the team and I give Mr. Kraft advice, I, I don't think it would ever be, hey, you need to move on and fire Coach Belichick.
2: I mean, look, it's a tricky one, right? I mean, the guy literally built the place. And now you're going to say, OK, you take it down. Um, the personnel has undone, undone so much of the good. And as I've shared with you previously, up until this year, they were always good enough where they would never in the top ten in drafting. And look, you get a quarterback in the at fifteen, and while many thought the Niners would take him, uh, when they ended up, you know, uh, taking Trey Lance, the fact is that he was Mac Jones was there for a reason. And yes, Lamar Jackson, end of the first round, has worked out, but plenty of other mid-first to late first-round picks have not worked out at quarterback. The quarterback thing, in addition to the personnel thing, is it's what's undid him. It doesn't mean he doesn't know how to coach. And, you know, like if you're Kraft, you're going to have to at some point go, hey, you know, I I want you to stay on, but I'm going to have to change some personnel stuff. If he's willing to walk, you can't walk into that conversation, not with the plan of if he walks, who do I turn it over to? The, the, the good thing about where Robert Kraft would be if Belichick ends up leaving or if he has to fire Belichick is – you don't have to bottom out any more than they're bottomed out. They they don't have a particularly good roster, but at least they're going to have a good draft pick. And it, that draft pick looks like it's getting better and better. The bad part is that there's a chance Bill Belichick goes and coaches and coaches somewhere else and wins a lot of games. But it's a lot like, the, I thought the Brady comparison is, you have to be willing to bite that bullet. Because something has to change in New England, because this just isn't working. Just isn't working. For anybody. For anybody. Here is uh Jonas Knox and Brady Quinn talking about Michigan's win over Ohio State.
5: was that the best edition of the game between Michigan and Ohio State of all time was that was of that the all time, time? Or,
3: yeah I mean I don't know if I'm going that far um it was a really good game it was a really dope game. it was awesome um and honestly, it kind of had a little bit of everything that you're looking for, like momentum swings and kind of the drama and everything else. And I said it after the game, and um, I, I thought the most, the thing that stood out the most to me was Sharon Moore and his play calling and the aggressiveness at which he called the game as their play caller, their interim head coach, and their line coach. You know, he really did. Early set the tone, going for fourth downs. The halfback pass when he called it came at such a moment where it was wide open. It was—it's one of those play calls in a big game where if it doesn't go well, you—you you blame them. You, yeah, that—that that, that stands out. Yeah. But when it does, you then are the genius, and just to have the cojones to do it was incredible. And, and I, I thought it was just interesting that for a guy who. Could be interviewing, depending on what happens with Jim Harbaugh after the season. Could be interviewing for the, for the Michigan head coaching job. To replace Jim Harbaugh, he really took it and ran with it the past three weeks. Oh, I don't think there's any question that this helps Sharon
2: Moore in his readiness to be a head coach more so than anything Michigan could have done winning with him as an offensive line coach. Um. I would, I would definitely not say this is the best game ever. I mean, I can think of several other incredible games, some of which that Ohio State have won that, that were great games in the, in the big game. What, what strikes me as interesting is that um, Michigan and their, their game plan, though they went for it on fourth down, would not be conservative. Many of their play calls were. Um, and yet their style worked, absolutely worked. Um, and it shortens the game. It played to their defense. It played to the strength of their run game. They had just enough creativity to survive. I just don't know. Like, I'm so interested in what that league looks like when USC and Washington and Oregon come in. And, frankly, it's the same thing as what we wait to see – when Michigan plays in the college football playoff, what it looks like when you play against teams that spread you out, throw it, throw it, and 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 try and you know make you stop them individually, and have equal, if not better, talent on their defensive line. But for Michigan, I mean, to win every game that Harbaugh wasn't there, including the Ohio State game, and to do so against Ohio State, who many people know or believe had at least some form of hand in turning them in for. Uh, for the sign stealing, that was beautiful. I, I, I'm not willing to go America's team,
5: but that was beautiful. That was beautiful. Here's Colin Cowherd talking about Jalen Hurts. Is Jalen Hurts underrated? Now that sounds ridiculous, right? Because we talk about him all the time. But from IQ to resilience to playmaking to mobility to deep balls, when trailing in the second half or overtime this season, these numbers don't make any sense. This is It is so hard to play this position when you're trailing. His passer rating is almost 140. He has seven passing touchdowns, three rushing touchdowns, and no picks. That's like better than Mahomes in the early days. That is Patrick Mahomes' territory. And Jalen Hurts is getting better. He, that dude is presidential. People used to make fun of me when I used to talk about, I want my quarterback to be quarterbackial. I want him to be presidential. Hat on forward, buttoned up. From the way Jalen Hurts dresses, talks, podium, playing, he is so buttoned up. He is so dependable. There's a calmness with him, there's a, a, a maturity with him that last night, that game goes to overtime. Everybody in America, not living in the, the Buffalo area code, is like, oh yeah, Philadelphia is gonna win this game. He's got the ability to be calm without being low energy. Energized without being hyper and clutch with no anxiety.
2: I mean, I, Jalen Hurts is so much better as a pro than I thought he would be. And it's interesting because uh, I saw him live against Oklahoma State in a game which Oklahoma State won in Boone Pickling Stadium. And I talked to some of the OU guys before the game. And they're like, eh, Jalen Hurts, it's kind of all about Jalen Hurts and, and the calmness and the way in which he handles the media. It's just, it feels for, sort of, but. It works in the pros. It works. His problem was he was a pro in college, and being a pro in the pro really helps him. Now, does he make every throw? No. But one of the things we started the radio show talking about, and it's a real thing, is we've always thought that quarterbacks and making quarterback plays, once you get to the playoffs, it's about throwing the football. And though we haven't had one of these true run-pass threats win a Super Bowl yet, we keep getting closer and closer. And whether it's Lamar or Jalen Hurts, the race seems to be on to see which guy can ultimately cross that finish line. And Philadelphia wasn't far last time. I'm blown away by how much better a pro quarterback he is than I thought he would be, and that most people in the league thought he would be. That's what the Fox is. Ah!
5: What does the Fox
1: say? Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
2: Let's find out who or what's annoying Jason
1: Stewart. And now, it's your
4: annoying.
2: Jason okay, Stewart, what do you got for me, buddy?
4: So, the, the video that went viral yesterday of the Philly fan uh, flipping off the Bills fan, I'm sure everybody's seen it by now. And then the reaction to it like, uh, my first reaction when I saw this was I would be ashamed. If that was my son, I would be ashamed. If that was my friend, who put his son up to it, whoever was taking the video uh, was obviously a family member. I'm not sure, probably a parent, and I think they probably have like a source of pride that that video went viral. Like to me, that's like my nightmare. Like Philly fans, I know you you you've been hard on the on on Philly fans and whatnot. They I guess they kind of thrive in this they kind of root in this classlessness, I guess. They take yes. pride in this. And, yes. and and this, to me, yesterday became a symbol of that. The reaction to it was like, yeah, they raise them different in Philly. It's like, this was horrific to see. I, maybe I'm just an old, old guy that fucking uh, can't see the – I don't see the win in this video. But to say the least, I'm annoyed by the kid flipping off the Bills fan. And the Bills fan actually handled it kind of well. It's not that 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 he's going to rump to the kid and and punch him or anything, but I would if I were that fan, and I ha- was maybe a little intoxicated, or I would have found that kid's parent and been like, "What what are you putting your kid up to here, dude?" But the guy actually handled it up pretty well.
2: No, he did. I mean, that was I'm I'm with you. It was horrific to see. It was really really hard to really hard to see, really hard to watch, and go like not not feel like it was. There's some level of cringe to it, you know, like, what are we actually doing here that, that this is somehow allowed? This is somehow okay. You know, that part to me, it's just bizarre, totally bizarre. And that somehow that's the world we've lived in, right? Where it's it's actually symbolic of how people, no matter how poorly be you behave, if you behave that way against somebody who's seen as authority, or somebody who's you know it's like counter to the normal culture, that's a cool thing. I don't get that one at all.
4: And you know how these this content is created. I'm guessing. That was like the twentieth take, and that was just kind of like the best reaction or something. Like I'm guessing they just put this kid up to doing that all day to people, and that it's just despicable. But anyways, um, so Alex Smith, um, in a roundabout way, if you listen to this podcast or our radio show, you know my Zeropa analogy. Like you two had reached a point after Uktung Baby where they were so popular that they just threw out a dog shit album called Zuropa and they just assumed that they're, I think it was a barometer for them. They're going to see how many lemmings just go and buy any shit that they put out. And Zuropa is like, to me, that, that analogy of like, we're just going to throw something out there and see what happens. And then we'll laugh among ourselves when they all eat it up. And I think the NFL in a lot of ways over the last couple of seasons is doing that. they they're putting out a dog shit product and they're just seeing how many of the lemmings are going to keep going over the clip. Um, and I know that you personally have been reluctant to admit that the, the NFL product is dog shit. Um, and it looks like Alex Smith has kind of joined you in this. Alex Smith was on the ESPN pregame show yesterday. And he addressed Tom Brady's comments from last week that the NFL is mediocre.
3: My biggest complaint with this, And and no offense to you guys, well, all three of you guys, he played in the most uncompetitive division, I think, in NFL history. I mean, you come out of training camp, it, the biggest cupcake division, you so got a ticket tired. to the playoffs right away. Like, talk about mediocre. I I, I completely disagree with this. I, I know I know he's he's referencing the rule changes over the middle to the receiver, but in my opinion, I think the game's gotten better. There's more parity across the league. Quarterback play is at an all-time high, I think, across the league. Like the best, you've you've got the best athletes playing the position. We didn't have this 30. 40 years
4: ago. So I'm just going to say Alex is the one guy in the room. When I do my Zuropa analogy, says, I like Zuropa. Like, I just think that he, I guess you just can't fault him for having bad taste or maybe you can, but Alex Smith doesn't think the uh, product is dog shit, Doug.
2: I think his entire rant was actually an effort to say what he wanted to say about, um, About the AFC East, right? What's funny, though, is the NFC West that he was in, they had a couple times over, they had the NFC West winner went to the playoffs with a below 500 record. He failed to mention that. So we could go round and round. I, I understand where you're coming from. I think you're looking at it. You're not remembering it. Accurately, I think there's been, just like Alex, Alex Smith trying to tell us quarterback plays at an all-time high. And I understand what he's saying. He's like, look, 30, 40 years ago, we didn't have the best athlete on the field playing quarterback. We wouldn't have – Lamar Jackson wouldn't play quarterback. That's 40 years ago. But we're not comparing 40 years ago. We're comparing maybe the last 40 years, or the last 30 years. So that was, that's a, that was a weird comparison. That, that's where he took it. It was weird. I wouldn't say quarterback plays at an all-time high. Um, can guys make basic throws? Sure. But they don't know how to read defenses coming out of college. Everything is spread and get rid of the ball quickly and very little pro style offense and no West Coast offenses. We're too complex. And you don't have enough time to teach them. So I I don't think but it, it took a while for Brady and it's taken a while for other guys. But I I yeah, I'm I'm in the middle. I don't think it's nearly as bad as Sky is Falling but I don't I'm not as happy go lucky Alex Smith saying it's great like the, the other part to it is it's really interesting it's like there is the chicken or the egg aspect was the AFC East that 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 week or was it that week because Brady and the Patriots just dominated it and I would say it's a little bit of both and we have that same thing in some other divisions um, but I also think that the, the part that Alex Smith missed on was that many of these rule changes were put in, part, put in place in part to protect quarterbacks, specifically somebody like an, a Tom Brady or like an Alex Smith who had, what, 17 surgeries on his knee. It's like no one's admitting these, these uh, changes were put in place to protect them as if somehow it makes them look weak. That's the part I don't understand.
4: It's, what else you got? I didn't even think of this until you you talked about it. But like, since he made it about Tom Brady, I mean, since he made it kind of personal, like Brady was the epitome of success and and, and overcoming. You know, being a six round pick and like Brady was exciting. Brady, you tuned in to watch Brady. I never tuned in to watch Alex Smith. Like he he was the epitome of like that mid quarterback. I mean, he he had a couple of nice wins and his personal story is cool, but like I never tuned in to watch Alex Smith. Um <laughs> uh, so anyways, the um third third guy is Draymond Green. He uh made this comment if he has any regrets about trying to choke uh Rudy Gobert. I don't live my life with regrets. Like I said before, I'll come to a teammate's defense anytime that there's a... I'm, I'm in a position to come to a teammate's defense. That's what a team is. You stick together uh, through the good and the bad. And I take that to heart. I think that Doug... Uh, we talked about this I think too when he uh, punched Jordan Poole. Um, I think that was something that that the Warriors not only forgave, but almost like celebrated and jordan Poole obviously was the was the bad fit in that situation and draymond really never quite was held accountable for just sucker punching a person like i don't care what the what the dynamic is in the locker room you just don't walk up to a guy and sucker punch a guy same with this like are there are there no um limits like trying to choke a guy or putting a guy in a chokehold. the reason why you don't do it is because you never know how that's going to end because you don't know your way around a neck or a spine it's like i'm i just feel like the only way Draymond on green is going to be held accountable or, or even admit that he was wrong in these situations is, is that he does something that really fucking hurts somebody otherwise hey i live with no regrets i'm always going to protect my teammates i don't know there seems to be limits to that right
2: there there is there, there absolutely is. Dudes that say they no, live with no regrets usually have lots of them. They just, buy, you know, they pile on at once. Everybody has some form of regret. Uh, any, any others?
4: That's what I got. Uh, what are my choices now? Uh, the people celebrating Philly fan, yeah. kid Alex yeah. Smith's comments on yeah. Draymond.
2: Um, I'm gonna go with people celebrating the Philly kid. It's just, I, I don't think it was many takes. I could be wrong. I do think it was deplorable and I do think it's like it's just it's trash humor. It fits Philadelphia, but that's not necessarily a good thing. Philadelphia fan flicking off a Do you go, go flipping off or flicking off?
4: Flipping? Flipping off, I think Yeah,
2: Flipping off, flipping off a Bills fan with a 9-year-old. You are no
5: hey!
3: Why are we doing this? Why do I Because we can.
2: What's us because we can, buddy? Chase 2?
4: Um, did you hear Lamar Jackson? This is pretty tame for this segment. Lamar Jackson said this about uh, Zay Flower's celebration.
6: Horrible. <clears throat> I told him. I didn't, know what, I, I didn't know what was going on. So I was just standing there. Like, All right. Come along with it. And when I seen what happened, I am like, yeah, that was ass. My fault, my (laughs) fault. But I told him that, I'm like, that was the worst best I've ever seen. But, you know, he scored, so I'm good. I
4: was still happy. Zay Flowers orchestrating the bouquet toss was, in Lamar Jackson's mind, that was ass, Doug.
2: I like the bouquet toss. I didn't have a problem with it. He also did one where he did the uh, soccer uh, goalkeeper,
4: right? He did. And don't get me started on the juxtaposition that that we took uh, Quentin Johnson instead of Zay Flowers. Oh, God, that, Quentin that we Johnson. Talked about that on a the a disaster,
2: show. huh? <laughs> what a disaster. Why can we play that for you? Because we can. Let's get to our pick of the day. Okay, sir, the bet is to you. All in, baby! It's time for the pick of the day. All right, pick of the day comes from the National Football League. The Minnesota Vikings are a three point favorite at home against the Chicago Bears. Now, remember, Justin Fields back playing for the Bears. Uh, the Bears with Justin Fields last week lost to the Lions 31 okay, 26. Now they got the Vikings. They got uh, a full eight days rest to take on the Vikings, who are still very, very banged up uh, and obviously won't have Kirk Cousins. I like the Vikings to win, the Vikings to cover. The three-point spread, mostly because I just think the Bears stink, and the Vikings' home field is worth more than that. In a pick'em game, I would take the Vikings. If three points is home field advantage, and I, I take the Vikings already by a point or two points, that means I'm going to take the Vikings by four or five points if it's a three-point spread. I know it's more than that, but you can get great value the higher it goes. I'm going to take the Vikings and the three points that you're going to give me. That's it for the In the Bonus podcast. Check out the radio show every day, 3 to 5 Eastern, 12 to 2 Pacific, on Fox 4 Trader, the iHeartRadio app. I'm Doug Gottlieb.
5: At bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field.